Heavenly Father, who am I to share your word? God, your word is true. Jesus is real. Your spirit is active and powerful. So we just invite you here to speak and deal with us and work in us and do things that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For the next three weeks, uh, we're going to talk um, a little bit about kind of starting the new year. And I, I've entitled this little series, it's kind of called Looking Back But Moving Forward. And if you don't have one of the sheets, uh, just raise your hand and somebody can get you one um, as you walk in. But it's called Looking Back and Moving Forward. And one of the ways you do that the most is um, in a rowboat. One of those boats that they do like the rowing where you're facing backwards, but you're moving forward. And I think a lot of times, they need one over here, brother, up here in the front. A lot of times, that's how it is in life. You know, we need to, to look back, remember where we came from, but also look forward and remember where God is bringing us to. And so um, one of the things we're going to talk about today is this idea of time. There's a few words in Greek that are translated time in English, all right? The Bible was written predominantly, the New Testament, mostly in Greek. And one of the words is the word kairos, and we'll put that on the screen. It's in the insert, but it's the word time. And our brother said it just a minute ago. You have to carve out your time, or you have to, to make the most of your time, as the Apostle Paul said. And the word time means it's a point of time, the appropriate, right, proper, or favorable time, or a season. And you're moving into a new season. We get these things in life. You just, you just finished the kind of holiday December craziness where there was probably uh, more food to eat than you should have eaten. All right, am I the only one who did that? Everywhere I went, somebody had way good food that I shouldn't have eaten, but I ate more than I should have. And then, and then my cousin came in town. I don't know if you had any family come in town. You got to see people you haven't seen in a while. He just said, hey, I'm showing up. And so it wasn't necessarily on the agenda, but you got to hang out with him and his four kids and... We got them some Nerf guns and sat around for about four hours shooting each other with little pellets and just had a blast. I mean, it's just what you do sometimes is, is this season gets busy, but we're starting January of 2018. Doesn't that sound weird? Like 2018? 2010 was yesterday. Am I right? Does anyone else feel that way? It just turned to 2010. 2001 was like two days ago. I mean, time is just flying. We're almost out of this decade. Think about it. It's going to be 2020, like when we open our eyes. You're going to blink, and you're going to be sitting there. It's going to be 2020, and I'm talking to you, all right? Like, that's just what happens, and, and you have to make the most of your time. And you have to look at what God has done. That's the idea of the rowboat, and there's a picture up there we can, we can show. You have to, to look at what God has done. And so when we think about this past year, we launched this church just about a year ago. In fact, we're three weeks shy of a year, and I look back at what God has done, and we've seen about 30 people come to the Lord. You guys that are sitting here, I didn't know most of you a year ago, but I've got some of the best friends that I've, that I've made sitting in this room. I've seen you guys make friends. I've seen, I've seen people in this church that their car breaks down. And somebody else in the church has stepped up, and even though they weren't the best mechanic, they've gone through and they've, they've replaced a, an alternator, replaced this, and they said, oh, I, I can help. People have become friends. God is, so we've seen people find salvation. We've seen marriages that were a little bit rocky get, get stronger. We've seen people baptized. I think we baptized about five people. It's, it's been a good year. We had, I mean, and, I, and I'm just looking back. 
You got to celebrate what has happened. And in 2017, there's been a rough parts, but it's not all been rough. We're breathing. All right. Most of us aren't coughing. There's a few of you out there I hear it. You know, you got a little crud, but but we're breathing. We're upright. We're we're still here. You have enough energy to get out of bed. It's been a, it's been a good year for what's happened in this church. And hopefully you can look back at your life and see that God has been faithful. And he has been. And so I want to look at, um, look at this, because even though you look back, you don't live there. That's, that's when things really get troublesome, when you live in the past, and you try to make God do the same thing or, or hope that thing, things are never going to be like they were. You're never going to see it happen the same way. You're never going to get back to those same moments. Relationships are going to change you're going to have friends that you see, and, and it's just not the same. And so let's look forward to what God is doing. I put a scripture in here. It's out of the book of Acts, chapter 13. And it's when a big change happened in the church. Now, I want to put a little bit of background before we get here, but Acts, chapter 13, is when a big change happened in the church. What happened was up until this point, the church was predominantly, not all the way, but mostly a Jewish gathering of believers. Jesus, we know, he started in Israel, in Galilee, Nazareth, Jerusalem, and it was, it was predominantly a Jewish religion. There was a few people that would come by and interact with Jesus that weren't Jewish, but it was, it was a Jewish thing. That's how God set it up. That's what the Jewish people, that was their calling, was to be the, the family that would bring Jesus into this world, that would bring our salvation. But God always had a plan that all people, would hear his name, and all people could be saved if they believe and call on his name. Well, one thing that happened in Acts chapter 13 is, is the church makes a shift. Rather than being in Jerusalem, we're going to find them in the city of Antioch. And rather than Matthew, Mark, Peter, James, John, the disciples, we're going to see some new players come onto the stage. It says, there was that church in Antioch, prophets and teachers... Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a, fr- a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Notice that none of the disciples were in that list. Like God was doing a new thing. There was not Peter and Matthew and, and, and the other Judas, the good Judas. I mean, it was like a whole new set of people. You had one of Herod's best friends. Think about how cool that is, who would kill some of the disciples. One of his best friends was sitting in this group. You had a whole new group of people in a new city trying to figure out where do we go from here. The apostles don't think that they had some some, some super control over this because they went and they preached the word, and now people believed, and what do you do? What do I do? That's the question you got to ask yourself. If you're going to make yourself available, is what's my role to play? Where do I start? What do I do? God spoke to us, and, and he led a guy from Miami and a, and a lady from the Bronx to South Carolina. That's, that's what we felt we had to do. God spoke to Sarah, and Sarah said, I think I'm supposed to move to Tanzania. God talked to Mike and Jason, and, you know, I, I think I should open up my garage really early in the morning. And just let people hang out and pray. But what are you supposed to do? Well, that's where they were at. What do we do from here? 
And it says, And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Think about this. You had this group of people wondering, what do we do? And they fasted and they prayed. God spoke. At that point, I would have been done with fasting, but they fasted and prayed some more. All right, once God speaks, I cut off the fasting because fasting's no fun. They fasted and prayed. God speaks. They fasted some more, and they prayed for these guys, and they said, God spoke. God called Saul and Barnabas for work. He didn't call us, but we can do our part. We can pray for you, and we can set you off on your work. And Paul and Barnabas, they start off here. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but if you are not Jewish, it's huge for you because you probably owe the fact that you believe in Jesus to these guys. They were two of the most important missionaries ever. Started more churches and, and more groups. Paul goes on to write scriptures. But this is how it started. A group of guys in a new city, believing in this God thing, thinking it's real. Fasting and praying. And then God speaks. And then they obey. And that's pretty much, if God talks to you, just obey. Just obey. And watch what he does. And so being, verse 4, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 6, and when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came to a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. It means like son of Jesus. Who opposed them, not the Jesus from the Bible, that was a popular name back then. But this magician opposed them, and he was trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So I want to set the stage. They're traveling. They meet the proconsul. That'd be like a very important city official. The city official has this magician, this guy that was a witchcraft, and he wants to be the main guy. Follow me because I, I know what's up. And Paul is there trying to preach the gospel, and the guy starts deceiving people and hiding the word. And so what does Paul do? But Paul, I'm sorry, Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looks intently at him. And he says, you son of the devil. It's a really nice opening, right? Not the most loving, but instead of son of Jesus, he says, you son of the devil. You enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy. Will you not stop making the crooked, the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you will be blind and unable to see for a time. And immediately the mist and the darkness fell on him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. And the proconsul believed, and he saw what had occurred, and he was astonished for the teaching of the Lord. All right, now I want to put this into perspective, because some of you, you read that, and you're like, okay, big deal, Chris. The guy made, Paul, Paul made the guy blind. Cool story, but how, why, what does that matter? Well, I want you to think about Saul. If you don't know Saul... When he came to the Lord, think about it. What happened when he came to faith? God made him blind. He was riding his donkey or his horse, I'm sorry, to Syria, to Damascus, to kill and imprison believers in Jesus. And God made him blind physically so that he could see spiritually. 
And here Paul is. Paul was not bringing judgment. Paul was saying, I remember what happened to me when God took my sight so that I could finally see. And in mercy, he says, this is what you need. Because you're an enemy of God, so was I. You need to see. Do you remember what it was like before you were saved? Before you knew God, if you do? Do you remember what happened, the circumstances? We should want that for others. Like, I want that. That's why, you know, I mean, I, I know, and don't judge me, okay? It's church. You can't judge people, right? But you know how in churches, we, get, we feel really good. Um, we try to get people to raise your hand. And then, all right, now come up to the front. And then, now say the, the, this prayer. And I don't have anything against that. I think that's good. But I remember when I found Jesus. And it wasn't, it wasn't fake. It was crying out to God. And I can lead you through a prayer and the prayer will be good, but I can't touch your heart. I can't get you to that place, and if I could, I would do it right now. Where your heart burst open, and you call out to the Creator. Like, that's real. I could lead you through a prayer that has all the right words in it. But that moment, do you remember that moment? Man, I couldn't even pray on my face. I had to get down on my face. I was like, I'm talking to God. My face in the tile and tears and snot and just ugly crying. I, I can't do that for you, but I want that for you. And Paul wanted that for this bar Jesus. He, he wanted to bring him to that place where, where he could experience God just like Paul had experienced God. And in this church, we want to bring people to that place where you can experience God, just like hopefully you have experienced God. I remember I was raised in, in church, and I look back and I thank God. It was a, a Presbyterian church and then a Nazarene high school. I went to both of those. A little bit of a different, you know, they thought differently, they taught differently, but I remember going to church, and it was all good. They preached the gospel every week. Every week, some guy would stand up and share the gospel, and and they would sing out of books that had like, the, you know, you'd only sing two and four because it was just too long if you did more than that. But you sing two and four and you'd, so you rotate through. And, and I remember even, even as a young kid feeling God's presence and, and it was good. But I remember the time I walked into this other church. And this was after I had become a Christian. Like I walked away from the Lord. And that's cried on the floor, ugly crying, snotting and everything. And I got up from the floor and I said, I need to find a church. Like, I just knew. Nobody had to invite me to church. I invited myself. If I believe this, I should probably go to church. It just made sense to me. You didn't have to convince me because that seems like that's what God would want. So I walked into this church, and as I walk into this church, there was something in this church that was different because these people were actually singing to God. It doesn't matter the style. It's actually pretty soulful. It was probably it was the African-American guy leading worship, I think, at that time. But they were singing to God about receive the honor, receive the glory, and then the whole church. And as I sat there, I looked around, judgment-free zone. But I was like, holy crap. 
right? You probably shouldn't put those words together, but this is what was going on. I was like, holy crap. These people are singing to God. God is here. And an awareness of God's presence and just an understanding of his glory. And, and nobody had to tell me, like, raise your hands. Like, I don't even know why that happens. Why in the scripture does David say all the time, raise your hands? I don't know. But at that moment, I was like, yes. And I sat there. And I don't care if you raise your hands because you can raise your hands and fake it. But when something happens in your heart, sometimes it's just like, whoop. And I sat there, and God's power was real, and God's glory was there. And I, like, I want that for this community. Where you walk into a church, this church and others, and they experience God. That's what we want to do. But so to get there, I mean, we're looking back, and we're grateful. I'm grateful for that happening in 1998. But it's 2018 tomorrow. And so how are we going to get there? Well, there's two things in the scripture. The, the word remember, I'm sorry, the word time, excuse me, the word time was used 717 times in scripture. It's a lot of times, right? And the word remember was used 234 times in scripture. So it's good to remember what happened. It's good to make use of our time. And I've, I'll make the case that there are three ways that you and me will spend our time this year. The first thing we have the option of doing is hopefully, should we all live the whole year, praise God, hopefully we do, you will all have the same amount of time as I do. The very first thing one of, any of us can do with time is we can create things. We can create money at work. We can create memories with our family. You can create babies with your spouse. Hopefully it's your spouse. I mean, you could do that. You can create things. You can invest in things and, and take things that, that were not there before, and then all of a sudden it's there. My wife is pregnant with our fifth child. Out of nothing, now there's a child. Now, 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 now there's a new life coming into this world in the next couple months. You can create things. That God has put that in you. You are made in the image of God. There, you might be able to start a business or, 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 or to, to start a ministry. To start a ministry, to, 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 do, to do something. You can make something with your time. God has given you that ability. Using your brain and your energy and getting your butt out of your chair, you can do something. That's the formula. Brain, energy, and moving your butt. Like, it's not in Scripture, but it's true. The next thing you can do with your time is, you know, you can waste it. God gave you time, but he's not going to make you do anything with it. You know, you can waste your time, and we're really good at that. For God's sake, this, this thing right here, great tool. I can be effective at work. I can send emails and do websites and fill out forms and, and do research and be effective and I can play video games and watch YouTube videos and Facebook statuses and Twitter and then the news and then back to YouTube and then back to the news and then Facebook comes up again. And before you know it, you got sucked into like three hours of absolutely nothing of value. And you can do that too. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But you have the ability, think about it, you have the ability to waste your time. 2018 could be meaningless. Isn't that awesome? 
Like you could waste a whole year, a whole 365 days could mean nothing, and you could do nothing. Congratulations, you have that ability. Or you could create something. You could be a part of something bigger than yourself. You could do something that matters, something that lasts, something that maybe financially sets your family up or maybe spiritually brings people into the kingdom, even if it's as simple. Because y'all open up my garage, Mike. If you want to come over every small group, I don't know who's going to come, but you can come right in my garage and we can sit here. And before you know it, you're reaching your neighbor across the street just by a little bit of obedience. The third thing you can do and I can do with my time is we can destroy things. We can be destructive. You can destroy relationships. You can destroy your reputation. You can destroy your financial security. Like, you have that ability. You can make some really poor choices. It's, not, it's worse than wasting time. All right, if you had to choose between the two, I would just waste time and not mess anything up. But destroying things is like taking it a step further and really doing some damage like getting really caught up in an addiction or a struggle or, or something that just wastes and, and destroys your life. You have that ability. What are you going to do? Like, it's on you. Not on me. I can't make that choice. And it's on me because I could waste time like a champ. I'm good at wasting time. I get tired, and I'll just watch a whole season of something on Netflix right now. Right now. I'm not moving for 12 hours. We're just going to hit next. All right, you want to watch another one? And before my wife answers, click and just sit there. All right, I could do that with the best of them. But I think God wants more than that. And so if you want to invest your time, which I think you do, I don't think you'd be here on, Chris, on New Year's Eve if you didn't. If you want to invest your time, if you want to create things, I'm going to give you two things you can do, and they're so simple. The first one, A, you can spend time with God. Invest your time in the Lord, like these guys do on Wednesday mornings, like we're going to be doing within 21 days of prayer. In fact, on your way out, we have a sheet right here, kind of gives some information. We're going to take 21 days as a church because we think God is real, and we're going to pray from 6 to 7 a.m., Monday through Friday in the lobby. Simple, but it's not easy. And then Saturdays and Sundays, the time is a little bit different. I think you can put the times on the screen. I think that they're on there. They'll be on, in this paper you can get on your way out that, that they will hand you on your way out. But it's the time Saturday from 8 to 9, sleep in a little bit, and then Sunday from 6.30 to 7.30. We're going to pray for 21 days, and we're going to fast. We're going to look back at the Bible. Didn't we just read about that? How do we want to know the God of the Bible, but we don't want to have anything to do with the way they lived in the Bible? Fasting is terrible. But we're going to fast, and next week I'm going to talk about fasting. I give you a website in the, um, on the way out. You'll get a website if you want to learn about fasting. Um, but we're going to pray, and we're going to fast. Now, here's the deal about fasting. If you have to eat all the time because you take a certain medicine, like maybe you shouldn't fast. My wife is pregnant. Probably not going to be doing much fasting, all right? But you're saying you're going to fast as a church? Yeah, every single one here. Last August, we did 21 days of prayer, and we're going to do it, in, we're going to do it again now where we're going to pray. We had about 30 people show up, and we sat here and we prayed. Not everybody could come every week or every day, but some people did. Get up a little bit early. I was talking to a guy. He said, you know what? I talked to my boss, 
and I think I'm going to be able to drive my work truck here at 6 so that I can leave right to work at 7. I'm going to do that. You'll see me in a suit and a tie because that's what I wear to work. I'm going to come here, suit and a tie, and then I'm going to do everything I can not to lose my blessing on those roads to downtown Columbia. Try not to speed or cuss, all right? That's going to be my job. I'm going to do, I won't cuss because I really don't cuss, but I will get very angry. But that's what I'm going to do. And I invite you to do it with me because I know what happened in August. My life changed, but we want to invest our time, spend time with God through 21 days of prayer. And the next thing you can do is spend time with people. Do you know that people matter to God? He died for them. And don't think you can impact people if you don't spend any time with them. It's just impossible. So we're going to be starting a new season of small groups. Next week, you'll get to meet some people that are leading small groups. Hey, some of them start early in the morning for those people that got to be at work. Some of them are in the afternoon. Some of them are at different times. But, but you, can't, you can't grow unless you get into the environment that God has designed. And God, Jesus, was the one who said, where two or three are gathered, I'm in your midst. So when you get into a small group, something that's different than a Sunday morning with just one guy talking to you, God does something. In fact, there are two things that you can do to grow spiritually. Pray and be in relationships with other believers. Those, are, those do a lot. You will be different. I don't care if you come to Lakeside Church. If you get mad at me and you say, I don't like that guy, and go back to another church, still do those two things because they work. Pray and get in relationship with other believers. Without that, you won't grow. It's like sunlight and water. You just won't. Now, how it looks, make it work. We all have different things. You know, it's really hard for me to be in a small group. I have four kids, one on the way. I get it. It's not always easy. Waking up is terrible. I woke up this morning and my brain was on 20% for like an hour and a half. You ever have your brain on 20%? You just wake up and you're like, huh, things aren't feeling right. Things aren't processing right. Processing speed is a little low. Where's my keys? Huh, where's my this? Where's my, it just happens. In fact, we're closing here, but I had, um, a brother told me, he said, you know, I've, I've committed. Even before we start, right now I want to get close to God. So I told God I'm going to wake up early and hang out with him and spend time with God in the morning before he starts his day. And he said, I wake up like 6.30 at clockwork. I don't have to do anything. He's been in the military for a while. I just wake up at 6.30 like clockwork. The second that happened, that he made that decision, he sleeps in. That's just the way we are. But it doesn't mean you give up. So that's where we're going as a church because I think that I would like to see God do some things. So the couple things you can do, spend time with God. We invite you to come and join us with 21 days of prayer. No pressure. If you cannot make it, don't feel guilty. We still love you. You're not a terrible person. Just get over that garbage, all right? But if you can make it, even if it's hard, even if it's not fun, I promise you, what it did in me in August was life-changing, and I'm waiting for God to do that again in me. So if I'm the only one that gets something out of it, praise God. But I know the people that came, in fact, Buck and Rhonda, who are, are working with our worship, that was like the first time we got to know them. They just kept coming back to prayer. And I was like, they're, they're still here. They're still here. Oh, it's going to only be me today. 
No, they're still here. And we had 30 different people show up throughout that time. And then small group, that's the next thing. We try to make things simple, but we can't make them easy. Right now, we're going to be closing up and we're going to be, we're going to be ending. Rhonda, I'm going to invite her up here. I want to give you guys an opportunity. This is, is ending a year, 2017. You're going into 2018. I'm giving you two things that I know proven. I mean, they've done research. It's not just in the Bible, but two things that will help you grow is to pray and to get to know people, other believers. Like they've done research. They said if people would just do these two things, their spirituality increases. Putting it out there. Same thing, like you, you can do what you want with it. You can invest your time. You can create things. You can waste it or you can destroy things. Please don't destroy them here. Go to another church. <laughs> but if you want to, not, not Paul's church, all right? Not Paul's church, but any other church is fine. I'm just kidding. Don't go to church. Join another religion if you're going to do that. <laughs> all right, but, but you can, uh, I'm just kidding. Don't destroy things, period. My wife is getting mad. Don't destroy things. Let's just stick with that. But especially here. But if you want to invest, if you want to build something, if you want to try something you've never done, if you have any questions about fasting, next week I'm going to talk about fasting and kind of go over a reason, biblical plus modern day idea of, of kind of how that could work for anybody with any kind of lifestyle. Um, you want to go close to God, it can happen. This could be a year that you are not the same, that your family is different, that your spiritual life is different. I'm going to invite you to bow your head just for a second. How many people, you can honestly say, you know, I would like to see some growth in my life in this next year. I would like to see my walk with God grow. I'd like to see, see my family change. I'd like to be closer with the Lord. Would you just put your hand up right where you're at? Just say, I think that's just about everybody. Would you stand? I'm just going to say a prayer for you guys. God, we thank you for how good you are, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for, for a new year coming. We thank you for the opportunity to, to see our lives be changed. We thank you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for us and that you have grace, that you died for us while we were your enemies and that we're your children now and that your blood covers us from all sin and God, all the sin, God, and we remember the things we've done wrong in this year. And we do ask for your forgiveness. We don't take it lightly. But we pray we would begin to build things, to create things. Our spiritual life, that it would grow. Our families, that they would grow. That, that we would invest the time you've given us. And our talents and our treasure. And, and we would be transformed by the work of your spirit within us. Let us be different. Let us be new. In Jesus' name, amen.